Hello, friends. Jim Nance. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> got a chance. Yes. He's done it! Wow! In your life! I don't know how you get much better than this. Heartbeat just went up 50 notches there, I think. Struck it nicely. Green Jacket is going north of the border. Celebration now. They've saved it for the perfect stage. Wow, that was loud. Still is. Welcome inside episode 16 of the Pelt Pod. Today we'll recap golf at the Olympics in Tokyo, the significance of a gold medal compared to a major championship, discuss whether or not caddies should be awarded medals, and set the stage for the WGC FedEx St. Jude Classic in Memphis. The Pelt Pod starts right now. Welcome back, episode 16. This is season two, episode six of the Pelt Pod. Ben Whiteside, Jamie Wilson, and Jacob Bishop. And we're getting some thumbs up right now from Jacob Bishop as he joins us from home tonight. You have shot under par. You're playing well. Your game's in a good spot. We're coming off the Olympics, and your game is trending. How are you doing, my friend? Gentlemen, I'm doing great. Love to join you on this beautiful Tuesday night after a long weekend. It feels nice. Um, speaking about me being nice right now, I mean, I'm looking at you guys through a Zoom call here. For those listening, you can't see uh, Jamie and Ben. You might be able to see some of this on Instagram later, but they're backdrops right now. You guys are over at the Olympics covering the Olympics, it looks like. We are, absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm stationed here on the, uh, the 18th hole of Kasumi Gaseki Country Club and uh, gorgeous view. Beautiful day, and uh, yeah, glad to be here with you, boys. Yeah, yeah. Clouds, clouds look like they're not moving out there. Looks like a calm day. Breeze is down. I don't see the trees moving, but uh, yeah, great, great. Looks like a great golf course. And we'll talk, dive in, and talk about the Olympics um, in a few minutes here. But yeah, Benny played great this week. I actually played uh, on my thirtieth birthday la- uh, last week. And if it's a sign of the thirties, I'm all for turning thirty because I broke par. Uh, I think it was a no second time this year. I went out with the guys. Had a nice birthday round, uh, just putted real well uh, all the entire round. I, um, eighth hole drained a 45-footer to save bogey, and that was my only bogey of the round, and uh, made a lot of other putts. Five birdies, one bogey, four under par, 68. It was, uh, it was a good round. Nice to, nice to play well for once with, you know, playing one, once a week, but uh, I got my teeth kicked in and went out and played Otter Creek aka slaughter creek the very next round and haven't shot in the 80s in a couple of years but uh we played the tips and i uh, got uh got my ass handed to me shot 81 so that's golf for you builds you up you play great one round and then the next round you get your teeth kicked in so but uh what about you guys how are you guys doing doing well golf is a humbling game one day you're up next day you're down but uh, as xander shoffley said uh winning even feels hard and he was able to get the job done in tokyo uh the 18th fairway he strolled up no more than 48 hours ago to claim olympic gold so that was exciting that was uh that was a great weekend and an american is atop the golf world we've said that a few times already this year in the big moments that the golf world produces some young americans right at the top calling a couple weeks ago and now xander so i thought that was uh really exciting and how could you not shine the spotlight on tokyo olympics did, did you ha- happen to catch what xander said in one of his interviews he was uh he was getting interviewed after his win and he's like i guess uh the liquor stores close early around here so i gotta quickly go out and get some alcohol so he's looking to see he was looking to celebrate after the win 
He didn't want to buy it early and and jinx himself. Uh, I know before the final round. Professional. Well, he had, he's not big on closing out golf tournaments, so. Well, that's they're true. not. They're certainly not easy, and uh, with all the firepower that's out there now, and I think that's that was another quote he said. It's just so hard to win out here, and even closing that Olympics, grit takes grit grind. So I thought just talk, uh, just talk to Louis. <laughs> just talk to Louis. There's a lot of guys that'll tell you, and uh, pressure does funny things to you. So um, kudos to him, big big Olympic victory, and um, he is a gold medalist forever. Can't take it away from him. Uh, definitely a pretty cool uh, feather feather to his cap. Is that the saying? I don't even know if that's the saying. But feather um, on the cap, yeah. Um, but I think I said it last week too. Um, like major championships are always going to define golf. Obviously, this is is great for him to have. But I feel like until he gets a major championship, people are still going to kind of have that semi doubt. Um, or he's still going to have that kind of reputation of not being able to close out maybe the biggest events. I guess my question to you guys is like, do you think the Olympics fits in that category or is close or, or not at all? I think it, I don't think it directly competes with maybe the magnitude of a major championship win. Um, I think it's growing. I think golf on that biggest stage will, evolve into a huge following and with that it'll gain meaning over time but no to answer your question no i mean it's the four majors as you said golf will always be measured by the the real uh, standard will be how many majors have you won and i don't think the, the olympics is really directly in that conversation i think it'll get bigger every olympics um but no it's not in the same conversation right now jacob are you on the same page there yeah, I definitely agree. I know we, we talked about it last week of kind of if you go or if you don't go, if your country calls on you, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it right now as big of, uh, of an event as a major. I think you get depo- your golf career is defined based on, on majors, right? And the majors, you're having the best players in the world from the European tour, the PGA tour come together and play against one another. There's a cap on how many players from each country can go. So you don't get a as strong of a of a field, so it's yeah, definitely just, a we a weaker. It's definitely a weaker. Field. Yeah, go ahead, Jamie. I was just gonna say the reality is, like at the start of the tournament, you can probably throw out half the field that doesn't even have a shot, right? So for, for sure, to me, it's like it's thirty guys, give or take, playing for the three medals. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. But I, I, I think, I mean, we heard Rory talk about it earlier in the week and um, or a couple of weeks ago, and he didn't sound excited at all to go to the Olympics. And I know he had some comments uh, um, after the Olympics and saying, you know, how not how naive he was, but how wrong he was and how it totally changed, you know, his expectations um, of the event. They were, you know, way surpassed. Justin Thomas said the same thing. I pulled up a quote here um, from Thomas. He said, it just, it's, it's so different. Thomas said after 665 to wrap up his week, it was cooler than I thought it was. I'm more proud of being here than I thought I would be. Then we have Colin Morikawa having the same comments of, you know, one of the best experiences of, of his life. Um, I'm walking away, whether I get a medal or not, I'm an Olympian. And that's what I said from the beginning of the week. So that's, it's, it definitely, I think the players it, it surpassed their expectations, but um 
you know what? I think we're going to continue to see it grow. I mean, this is only the second Olympics that we've had. And we'll talk about that a little bit later about kind of format. I know we'll dive into that. But Jamie, I know you're eager to say something here. Well, I think a little bit of it is the fact that these guys didn't grow up watching golf saying, oh, I want to be an Olympic gold medalist, right? It was always, I want to win the Masters. I want to win the Open Championship because the Olympics wasn't a thing when they were a kid, right? So I think to your point, as time goes on, I don't know, maybe 20 years down the road after another five Olympics are played, um, then maybe it becomes a little bit more special. For, for sure. Cause you're going to have the kids who maybe watch Justin Rose, you know, win that Olympic gold, the first one that, you know, in another, what's that going to be 12 years from now, they will be 20. Maybe we're going to start to see it at 24. We might be four Olympics from now where you could have somebody who watched Justin Rose, you know, win that Olympic gold who's now playing in it. So it definitely time will tell for, for sure. I think it was JT who said something along the lines of that. He never was on a putting green saying, Oh, this one's for the Olympic win. Right. Yeah. But for the Olympic you, gold. Yeah. But if you look at like the magnitude of the Olympics and just say, for, for example, every, for every sport, for every country, there could be something that's totally different, but for Canada, it's hockey. Right. And watching men's hockey Olympics is such an event. Like you tune in, you're not going to miss a game. So, I mean, as I got older a little bit, the, the world juniors, I don't tune in as much as I used to, but an Olympic men's uh, hockey game, you're not going to miss it. So that could be what we see with golf over the years where you just aren't going to miss it because it's just going to continue to grow and be, be such. Yeah, a I, I think it's a sport by sport thing, too, though, because you look at, say, track and field 100 meters like that's a premier event um, staple. Yeah, that's the one those guys want to win most, whereas golf, it's like it's kind of a secondary, like it's a great, great, um, resume builder for sure, but it's not the marquee event. Yeah. Let's go. Can we go a little off topic off golf here for a second? Like, have you been watching, have you boys been tapping into any of the other Olympic coverage? Cause that just mentioning the hundred meter dash, I was watching it the other day at, uh, the in-laws and, um, I was like, this is a staple event. I don't want to miss this. Like the, I mean, that would be a staple event. I think, uh, the 200 um, meter, as well as yeah. tomorrow morning yeah 200 meter um what's the uh, the one swimming event um i call i think that's a staple event as well i think it was a little bit more of a staple event when phelps was in and he was just what like the relay event freestyle freestyle i'm really most excited for the women's soccer Canadian women's soccer going on that that was that's huge a, that's a Cinderella story nine years in the nine year redemption story in the making so that's what I'm most excited for is um is kind of the uh, women's soccer going for gold Megan Rapinoe uh, is facing backlash after they lost to Canada and she said obviously we never want to lose to Canada um and she was bitter that's pr- pr- just pretty crazy how they I think she's been on the team for, I can't even tell you how many years and uh, never lost to Canada in a game, loses and Canada's off to the final. So pretty exciting for the girls. It's segueing out of uh, the Olympics in general. Obviously, uh, we ha- we there was Olympic golf on uh, uh, b- being covered and we had a, a tight knit leaderboard at the top and our, our boy uh, American Xander Shoffley takes home gold for the, for the USA. Gentlemen, you obviously caught uh, caught a little bit of that coming down the stretch. Uh, what were your thoughts about uh, about Xander winning and uh, perhaps that seven man playoff, which for third place, which we've never you never don't see on a weekly basis. Yeah, we kind of hit on uh, Xander a bit before, but I thought it was kind of weird that 
like you mentioned the seven man playoff there. I feel like it almost like took away from Xander winning the tournament because For sure. a seven man playoff doesn't happen like hardly ever, let alone in a 60 man field. Um, but yeah, that was pretty sweet that there was a seven man playoff, but I feel like it kind of like took away from Xander winning gold and Rory Sabatini um, going absolutely crazy on the last day winning the silver. <clears throat> so I thought it was kind of weird in that aspect. Um, I mean, like, are, is there a shortage of medals and they just can't all get bronze? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, first off, I've got to say we had five of our picks in that seven man playoff. Um, congrats to you, Benny c- coming out with a medal, um, you know, bronze medal. It's your, first, you're, you're an Olympian. You're an Olympic winner. Just happy to get out of a, a very long slump and, uh, hopefully it's a, it's a new theme. So we're, we're back on the track. Uh, I, I said it last week. I said, I think I need to get out of the norm. You know, it needs something, uh, needs a special week like the Olympics to get me out of the slump. And, and now <laughs> I'm back. So, you're, you're, uh, but just so you know, insider picks will, will always be measured in majors, not Olympics. Ex- exactly. And you know what? I feel it's momentum is the most powerful force out there. So um, it's in my, it's in my grasp and um, I am coming back into this week's picks extremely hot. So um, well, well, I'm excited to see your picks later in the episode, but um, I just do want to comment on that seven man playoff. I totally agree though. Wilson, before we get too far, like it did take away from Xander's win for sure. It did. It, 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 it's cool seeing a seven man playoff for third. We just don't ever see that on a, on a regular basis. But at the end of the day, there, there's three medals that they're playing for. And I don't know. It was pretty cool. I actually, unfortunately I fell asleep watching it because it's so late at night with the time change. But uh, um, I just th- think more controversy here than a seven man playoff for third is a guy who wins a silver medal changes citizenship to play in to play in the Olympics, which is like so questionable. I mean, I get it. Man, I think it's that. legit. Like I like everyone, like no one likes Sabatini, like realistically, <laughs> no. but I, I kind of like I kind of respect it because it's not like he like he married a Slovakian girl and so he gets a citizenship because he was never going to qualify under the South African team. Um, No, I don't know. But like, I just kind of think it goes to the point of the pride of playing in the Olympics, right? The guy's going to get murdered if he goes back to South Africa. I kind of, I kind of respect it to be honest. I think it's hilarious. And the fact that he shot like 10 under on the last day. Well, he, he, that's insane. Like he he went out and golfed his ball and he, and and, and in that tournament, he, in that tournament, in that field, he came second. So there's like nothing against the way he played. It's just the way he got into the field is a little, is it's just not conventional. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't, I honestly don't think I would change my citizenship citizenship. I'm proud to be Canadian I'm Canadian. I'm not going to change my citizenship, even if to get into the Olympics. I don't know about you boys, but is that well, who knows, do? right? Like you, I, you, you don't know until you're in that situation. Like maybe yeah. you marry some girl from another country and you're not going to qualify under the Canada bracket and you want to play in the Olympics. So does the Netherlands have a chance in in the Olympics? (laughs) I mean, I do have some Dutch blood. You know what? I could be persuaded. Yeah, exactly. You could. I don't care if I come 67th. I'm going to get the, uh, the tattoo like Ricky on my forearm. I just love the the Sabatini story. The guy, it's uh, he looks like he's been around the sun about seventy times. So just to see him there and then to shoot a score like that, 62, 10 under par, sixty one, uh, 
60, 61, 10 under par. Two uh, bogeys. With two bogeys. <sighs> he earned his way up there, and he's Definitely got hardware did. to prove it. You know who else earned their way? Your boy C.T. Pan. So he won the bronze medal in that uh, seven-man playoff. Do you guys know where he was after round one? Three over par, T-57. Like that... That is insane for for someone Should to battle been, back like that. And could have been a sleeper. So you're telling me he went 18 under par through his last three rounds? Yeah. And wow. There was, there was only two players behind him after the first round. Wow. I guess keep grinding when you're playing bad, eh? Uh, honestly, you know, I, I wish I had a little bit of CT Pan's mentality in my own golf game, but... I was really curious to see where you to man was going to figure was going <laughs> to, I was, I was actually kind of curious where you to man was going to, uh, was going to hurly long. Yeah. I, I heard he hits a pretty hurly long. <laughs> he hits a hurly long, but yeah, you know what? I, I was surprised to honestly see like guys. I'm just looking at the bottom here. Uh, like Mark Leishman not perform as well as, uh, I thought he would do. Uh, he finished at, uh, 200 for the tournament. Uh, Garrett, Higo. Um, it was actually got, so our, our Canadians, Mac and Corey, uh, they were both seven under to finish, uh, I believe through three rounds and, uh, Mac went backwards. Corey went up. So Mac, I think shot uh, final round. What was it? Uh, 75. So he jumps up, uh, catapults back to three under par. And then Corey ended up playing, uh, really well on the final day. Uh, he shot 65 to catapult up to 13. So pretty good showing for, for Corey and his, his first Olympics to finish, you know, 13th place. Canadians have been honestly playing so well overall on the big stage over the last mm-hmm. couple of months at this point. They, they've they been on a total heater. Well, and it was nice to actually see a little bit of their golf too, like watching a little bit of the coverage because the PGA tour that they, they just, they just don't like showing Canadians. I, I don't, I don't know why, but yeah, the coverage was actually like pretty decent because they would show basically every player off the first tee and then they'd sprinkle everyone um, in here and there. The only time I got a bit uh, bit upset was when they uh, they put uh, field hockey on instead of the golf. With with all <laughs> due respect to field hockey, I think golf has a little bit of a bigger audience. So that was on Canadian television for any non Canadians listening out there. But Go- Golf Channel had a lot of the coverage too, though. So. No, they had the American coverage. Like Golf Golf Channel in Canada was like showing reruns of Faraday for like twelve hours in a row. <laughs> Uh, what do you think of the format of the event being basically the same as every other tour event on the PGA tour? I think there needs to be a little bit of uniqueness, you know, it's, um, I, the, it's on such a big stage that I, I don't really have the answer right now today, but if they could have the format, just add some excitement into it, add some drama and, and, and have a format that's a little bit different than perhaps what the golf world would see uh, every week being stroke play uh, four rounds of stroke play. So I don't know. I'd like to see them take a chance do something a little bit different and have a format that the fans can go, Whoa, okay. That's not, uh, we don't see that every week. And hopefully that helps grow the game that way. Uh, there's four majors that, uh, that have very traditional scoring systems. I'd love to see the Olympics take a bit of a chance and go somewhere creative. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I agree with you, Benny. It has to be something. I mean, 
I don't, I don't know what the answer is obviously as well, but I don't think it should, I, what an easy thing to say is I don't think it'd be a, should be a four round traditional tournament. They could spice it up, whether there's team play involved, unfortunately with team play that you'd have to obviously be pairs, but then what, what happens when you have a team like, sorry, a country like America who has four players playing, do they get two teams now? Is that how that works? And then, I mean, yeah, that, that's how it works in other sports. Yeah. yeah like so, you look yeah. at, I don't know beach volleyball i've caught a little bit of that but uh woman's beach volleyball oh, yeah. james you've been you've been, you've been tapping into <laughs> um, little ladies beach volleyball. yeah but like he just watches us and canada replays. have two different teams so like why can't golf do that yeah you know what i i yeah i i guess i agree with that point um but yeah like if you did like a like a, a category round robin for to like match play for like should there should golf have two medals available? Like swimming has how many medals? I'm sure there's different events well, of it. That's my biggest argument too. Is why are we limited to three medals on the men's and three medals on the women's side? It's a it's a pretty big production to have these guys come to a golf course. The golf course get get ready and everything just for three medals. Sorry, six medals to be awarded. Three on the the men's, three on the women's. Like. Maybe there should be a 36 hole better ball uh, team a, a team event, or does that be a match play event? There, there's there's something that they could do to you know, or maybe do you, you put, don't win the stroke. Or do you put uh, a male and a female player on a team and have them play alternate shot or something like just didn't they maybe, do that with swimming? Didn't they just do that with swimming that there's men and women in a, an event? Really, I don't know. But like, I thought they why, did something why like can't that, they just so do not? some things that are one round maybe? Like a hundred yeah. meters takes 10 seconds. Why can't we just play 18 holes for a medal? I think there's a shortage of medals. That's a good point. Yeah. hundred meters just takes winners going to run in like, what, what What was like 9.7 something or nine point. Uh, yeah. Well, like world records, like nine, five, nine or something. Yeah. No one's going to beat like Usain Bolt's body structure. No one's going to beat that. <laughs> like the guy was uh, just so fast. No one's going to beat that at, at all. But yeah, no, you're completely right though. Why? Why, if, a, if there's a medal for nine, you know, 10 seconds, call it, why can't it be just for 18 holes? That's that'd be kind of cool. Like seeing Corey Connors and Brooke Anderson battle it. Like it's something you don't see on the ever. And that's so what will bring wh- people to watch it. Uh, exactly. And maybe that's a good way. The Olympics can be that, you know, the reason why we get a little bit more coverage and for the LPGA tour help out. I, I don't know, what, but that's, that'd be unique. I like it. I guess. The bottom line is where we all agree, do something different that we don't see on a week to week basis. For sure. I, I, I a hundred percent agree. I think there's something missing there to, to make it a, a stronger event for sure. I, I definitely think that they can, and, and, and they might, I think that be, I mean, the Olympics did get such a positive response from the players this year that maybe that, you know, maybe, maybe that persuades them not to change it, but I, or maybe it does, they'll get some feedback and, and have some more medals that are available, but so, yeah, I guess uh, even with with doing that, maybe having more medals, it allows you to set up the golf course in different ways too, right? So we saw in the final round, 17th hole, the tees are moved up. It's a drivable hole. I think that brings so much excitement to the game, and it just kind of goes to show you that a short par four can, can be a great, exciting hole where you can still – make bogey if you do something dumb there's for sure there's going to be birdies but i think it goes to the greater point of i think we see it with our buddies we see it with people playing in front of us behind us um you don't need to play the longest golf course possible for it to be a good golf course 
No, no, you definitely don't. A hundred percent. I'll, I'll kind of, I'll definitely agree with that. Cause I can relate to that this week, but just Jamie quick point on uh, making a, a short par four. I think we all can agree the best short par four in uh, on the PGA tour hole number 10 at Riviera. Can we all agree? I love that hole. That is such, that's such a great hole. I mean, and you can, you can make a par four just extremely difficult. You have to hit a great shot. If you don't, you can there's make honestly mistakes. like there's not many short par fours that I dislike unless not. it's like dumb and there's tons of water or whatever. But whenever it gives you option, that's when it makes a good hole. Jamie, you like a short par four because you, you've got such a saucy little wedge game. You just want to hit a, a driver up there to 20 yards and get up and down. I'm a big a five, five West guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but you know what? That's a good hole. That is, that's, but you can, I've made six there or five there before. Like it, you can, you can make a high number if you don't hit a good tee shot and you get one of those short bunkers, but that's what makes send it, it over the back. But anyways, to your point, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. The weekend warriors playing wrong tees. Like I, I'm going to call out a couple of the boys I played with this past week and they're, they're just big grit grinders. They love, they love golf. These guys, we went out and played slaughter creek otter creek in uh, in ontario here um just between london just south of woodstockish area 7200 yards from the tips it's a long golf course it's long when it's wet out and it's even longer when like you miss the fairway like five yards off you're in long fescue my game is not five years ago when the game was in shape i'd love to play those tees i'd be playing i'd be playing there but when your game's not in shape and you're going back to the tips and like I got slaughtered out there for me getting slaughtered. I shot 81 like that's, but I would say for, for the average, average golfer, if you go out and play the tips, you're probably going to get your ass kicked. And we see that time after time where players go, they think that they can play the tips because they hit it 290. but I don't care how far you can hit the golf ball. How many fairways are you hitting that you're hitting 290? And then how far, you know, how far do you have in from there? But the big, I think the strongest point is, and I think the way that people need to select tees Honestly, when you're with a group of guys is you take a look at the par threes in the scorecard, take a look at how long the par threes are. Cause most of the time, if you're playing a golf course, at 7,200 yards, that's sopping wet and it's windy. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't want to go out there and play with par threes that are 230 yards. Like, yeah. especially that 12th hole at Slaughter Creek. It's, uh, Creek. it was dead into the wind. Like that two- green is dumb, man. It, it pitches away from you and you're hitting like a long iron in there. The, I, I hit. It was into the wind. It was like two, two something. And it was dead into the wind. And I had it. I hit my three iron, my driving iron. I went over the back, and I would. That was like a high cut. I'm like, oh, this is this is good. I got the wind to help me. Still over lands, rolls off the back. It's it's the hardest green I've ever played to hit. But so yeah, you say take take a look at the par threes. But do you think people should be playing tees where they shoot par or they shoot like? Is there a score or just no, I, I mean, if you're a comp- if you're a young kid growing up playing competitive golf, one of the I think I think Kelsey told me this before, uh, and it was actually it was was awesome at uh, at Dundas. He said, "Go out and play the Reds. Go play, like, go play the front tees, and go like go try to shoot under a, a bunch." Go know under what par. it feels like, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then move back to the whites and go try to do the same thing, and then replicate it again. But I'm not going to. I'm not telling guys to go play the women's tees. That's <laughs> so not what I'm t- saying. But like. 
go play tees that are enjoyable for you, but still a little bit of a test. Like uh, for, for me now, obviously I don't play that often. I don't practice it at, at all. I kind of, you know, I obviously want to go enjoy myself. I don't want to go out there and have an absolute grind for four hours and beat myself up. And cause I know I'm not going to play well. And my expectation level still is, I still want to play well, but I know it takes practice to shoot around par from 7,200 yards in the sopping wet at a golf course that you have to drive the ball pretty well. I'm not, I mean, if you look at where the, the U S open is being played next year, it's 7,033 yards. I was looking that up earlier. Like PGA tour players are playing yeah. at 7,000 yards. No need for me to be playing at 7,200 yards. Yeah. I think we're all guilty of it or we have been guilty of it at some point, but yeah, I definitely, yeah. uh, I definitely think, uh, moving up a few hundred yards, and a lot of the time it's not even going to affect your, your score a ton, but it just, it allows you to have, I'll say more birdie opportunities because if you're hitting like four iron into every green, the reality is you're not going to make many birdies, make it a little more fun. Give yourself some chances with eight, nine iron in hand. Benny thoughts. I just sauce one more thing. And you're like, Sometimes you miss the fairway, the couple drive drives on a long golf course. You're like, okay, let me just let me just hit a fairway, and then you hit three iron, which go, like the driving iron that goes out there, two forty five, and then you've got a four iron in again. I'm like I just hit a good three iron. I'm in the fairway finally, and this long par four. Now I got like another four iron in. It's just it's it's just it's grueling. So if you're not driving the golf ball well, it's just a complete mess. But Benny, what are your thoughts about playing correct tees? I know I you're a big I, fan of 6,700 yards. Yeah, yeah. I think I have one just general rule, I guess, that everyone can go off of. If you're playing golf courses and you're finding that your uh, second shot on par fours is often outside 200 yards, I'd maybe start to think about moving up. You know, um, I, I would classify anything over 200 yards on a, on a on a par four approach, you know, a pretty, pretty heavy task. So mm-hmm. I, I think to for the most optimal experience and just to have fun, I would say go to the yardage where you think where if you had a great drive, you can be within 200 yards to the flag. And I think that's just the common rule. And uh, I, I think if people went from there, um, you know, they'd have a lot more fun and it's going to speed up pace of play. You know, not everyone hits the ball as far these days. So, and then yeah. there there's massive bombers, but I say uh, go to where you can have a reasonable club in hand on your second shot. Use that as a good, as a, ju- as a judgment tool and uh, rock on. I think that's kind of the rule of thumb that I use. Yeah. I think a good, a good point of reference for us would be like playing at the hunt club in London. Yeah. Like, scratch players to four handicaps the the group of guys you're playing golds right like when when do you guys how often are you are, are you playing blacks yeah a couple black deck games here and there and you know it's going to be a big test and you're like oh crap i got i gotta i gotta golf my ball around today but for the majority you're playing golds at like 6700 yards right because you know yeah i kind of like disagree with like a handicap um determining what set of tees you should play because you could be a guy that hits the ball terrible and gets up and down from everywhere everywhere, and like hits it relatively mm-hmm. short, but that doesn't yeah. mean you're playing the right tees because you're further back just because you have a good short game. Um, so that's why like you can have two very different golf games, golfers or yeah, 10 handicaps. Right. So yeah. I don't know. It's, but my, my point so, there was that like you get good players who are like, I still don't want to go back and play the tips at hundred percent. Like, you know what I mean? This is just a grueling test because you want to have some, have some fun out there. So that's just my, my point. It's, you know, 
my point is big point is I'm worn out. Can't play 7,200 yards anymore unless, uh, unless we work on our games a little bit more because it's just a long task boys. So 7,200 yards. That's a long golf course, especially when it's wet and windy. That's for athletes. It is. And we're not so much athletes here, but another exciting piece of news coming out of the Canadian golf world is the announcement of the 2022 RBC Canadian open happening right here in the GTA area at St. George's. It's finally looking like we are through the COVID era, um, God willing. And um, that'll be an exciting week to look forward to because it's the week right before a major, the U S open. So Canada, good day. Uh, good day for our golf community. Our national championship is back on and we can look forward to that coming around next spring, next summer, rather. We'll be, able to, we'll be able to look forward to that coming around next summer. Yeah, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. The last time uh, it, it seems that the, the Canadian Open Series was at Hamilton Golf and Country Club. And uh, that's correct, is it not? It's correct. That is correct. That is correct. And, and it was, uh, sorry, it's a little foggy. I can't remember. Jamie and I had a couple pops on the back uh, back patio at Hamilton. And, and I was uh, I was making out with Amanda Baliona. So I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, that's not getting cut from the pod. So, yeah, I did see the picture. We're gonna have to throw that up on the pod for the for everybody with Amanda. Great, she 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 does a great job. At, she does a great job at what she does. And uh, but but yeah, you know what? Definitely looking forward to you know finally being able to go to a PGA Tour event again. Uh, I know that was a they. I mean, the the Canadian Open in general they uh, has done such a good job. Golf Canada on putting on an event that was probably one of my favorite favorite events I've ever went to. Have some pops go off the property, come back and go to Florida, Georgia line, and then watch the Raptors after on the big screen on, on one East fairway at Hamilton. Like that was just, it was, it was the, the day and gift that just kept on giving. It was amazing. It was a great day. And, and that's, you know, that's what they had lined up uh, last year as well uh, for the Canadian open concert. And they just make it such a good event to, to go to. So it's growing the game, definitely looking forward to it. And then definitely looking forward to uh, the following week after, which I think they'll draw some good players to the Canadian open because the U S open follows. And that's at the country club of Brookline and read it, roll it, hold it. Francis, we met. Yeah. Um, you'll probably see, a bunch of guys use the Canadian Open as a as a tune up. So yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Episode 16 of the Pelt Pod, Damned If You Do, Damned If You Don't, a controversial golf segment where we chew on both sides of an idea this week. We're looking at do caddies get medals in the Olympics? Jamie, let's start with you. Right up top. Where are you feeling about this, my friend? Yeah, we saw this uh, on Twitter over the, the past week. Um, I think they do. Uh, they're they're on the playing field. They're they're inside the ropes. They're they're doing doing their job. So, I again, I don't want to sit on the fence here, but maybe they get like a miniature medal or something like that. But I think to <laughs> I think to like completely snub them is definitely offside and then maybe to give them like the main metal might be a little extreme. So uh, I'm going to sit on the fence on this one. Good idea. Bad idea. Who else in the Olympics is getting a mini metal? I don't know. I just, I didn't think it through like that far, but I I think they deserve something, but I'm not sure they deserve the full metal. 
I'm going to be on the fence of I think that they definitely do uh, deserve something. I mean, you, you're going to say, oh, who else deserves it? Coaches here that will every other, uh, you know, can every other athlete has a coach. They don't get medals. But what with it, a in golf, you have a, uh, a caddy and that caddy walks with you for 18 holes and you work together as a team to make decisions where to hit it. And if you're making decisions and you're part of a team, you were the part of the reason to get the job done. They may have talked you to back off, back away from a shot. They also cash a check at the end of the week with, uh, if you make the cut and you get 15% of that player's earnings, I think that's what the regular rate is on the PGA tour. Well, in the Olympics though, but in the Olympics, well, they're not getting any money, but they're still part of that, that team on the playing field. I think for sure you should be getting a, a he, they, they should be getting a medal. For sure. They are competing on the turf with the player to get a medal. The coach is outside the ropes. Doesn't deserve one. Sure, they can wear the medal, get a picture with it. They're part of the out, the, out, the greater team that comes together for that player. But that caddy should be getting a medal in the Olympics because, like I just said, they're, they're part of that team to get the job done. And, and Ben is formatting how he's going to roast us. I just don't think, I mean, I, I, uh, let me just say one thing. I am a caddy. Uh, I have, I've caddied, uh, plenty of bags in my day. Uh, I just don't think that they should get a medal at the Olympics though. One, they're employed by the players. Um, so it's, I don't think they have any direct tie to the Olympics. They're, they are there because they are working employed by someone who is an individual contractor and is not even competing. Are they competing for a purse at the Olympics? No, they're not, right? No. Your country will, if you win a medal, uh, your country does give you money. Um, (laughs) The caddies are there as employees. You know, they are there as in an advisory role, just like a swimming coach would be, just like any other coach would be. So I think, yes, it's a little bit different in the sense that they're totally, that's totally different. It's not because it's not at all. They're in an advisory role. Yes. They happen to be with their player right with them when they're competing. Yes. The swimming coach can't be in the pool with them. there on the side or a volleyball coach has to be in the stands. So golf's a little bit different in the sense that the caddy who is in a coach role or, or in an advisory role, Addy, is right there coach, two different things. They're not. I think you they're, boys are just well, helping my it, argument of they're mini, not. They're not. Medals. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Um, they are <laughs> not. <laughs> um, they're not two different things. They're both an advisory role. They are there to serve as an advice role and support for the athlete who's competing. A caddy's not competing at all. They, they could show up with a bag, and if their if their player doesn't come, they'll say, "Thanks for showing up. We don't need you at all." Um, so they're not competing. They are not an athlete. They're there in an advisory role, just like a coach is doing there to support and give advice to their athlete. They have, it's different because they're up close with the player, but no, they don't, they shouldn't be getting, they getting a medal. They're there as they're, they are there employed by these athletes at the end of the day. You're talking to a guy who's caddied in professional golf event. You're talking to a guy who who is caddied in Lots of professional events and Jamie. So I want to hear what Jamie has to say here. What I would say, like when you compared it to a coach, I think it's completely different because a coach could be the coach of four different athletes. Whereas the caddy is with the player. He's the guy 
Um, he can't go caddy another player in the afternoon. Like he is the guy. He's part of the team. So what about singles tennis though? What about it? What about a single? Like it's the, the coach. Same, they're they're looking after one athlete in that in that scenario. No, right. no, but so you're you're like no. Let's just take there's let's two just take Canada as the same country. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's take let's take a Derek Ingram, Corey Connors, and uh, Mackenzie Hughes this week. Derek Ingram is their kind of the coach. He was there as for Canada and for Corey and for Mackenzie. Derek Ingram then follows in the ropes behind. Who goes? Who goes and plays the event? It's Corey Connors, uh, Mackenzie Hughes with Jace Walker, and then Corey's Connor. Uh, Danny is, Saul. Is, it's Danny, Danny Saul. That's right. So and then that is their tandem. They're together, and they have their – they do it every week on the PGA Tour. They like, Jamie would know better than – I only caddied in, in one event, on, in one PGA Tour event. Um, but y- you have to have a, a player-caddy relationship is so huge right now we're going down a whole different rabbit hole yeah i'm not denying it, that at all i i but fully like support they, that i think a caddy a caddy brings so much to it because it's not just the player hits the ball it's like you're helping make decisions out there you're telling them to back maybe back away from a shot there's so much to it where a tennis coach or, or a uh swimming coach or Derek ingram there he's not gonna he can't go and tell this player to go do that out there on the playing field in the live event because it's just that crosses the line you can't do that but that well, yeah you'll get a penalty for so, that too yeah you have so much influence over that player throughout the round whether you know and that's why you have to bring your a game as as a caddy like you have to bring your a game and if you have if your performance as a caddy is going to my and my thoughts on this is going to help influence the player's performance. I think you're bringing something to the table and you're having an impact on how that player is going to play right there, right then, live. That's huge, and I think that totally. deserves that. That's my point here is if if you right then and there, if you can change the impact of that shot by either calling them off, so then they regroup because of whether a wing gust came up or a Japanese fan or photographer took a photo, then Hey, let's regroup. That's having immediate influence on there that nobody else can have. Like the Derek Ingram can't yell, Hey, back up, you know, back off, Corey. Can't, you can't do that. So uh, that's, that's why I'm like, man, they're working out there with the player right away and they can have influence on how this player plays. I think that's my, that's my argument. And that's yep. why I'm like caddy coach different, but I see what you're saying is the, the, the they cat, got there the, because they, of the player. Yeah. 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 They got there because of the player. And if the player doesn't show up because he gets COVID, they're like, yeah, you're not, you can't compete. You don't have your player. So I get, I get what you're saying, yeah. but and that's I, why we, that's why we have a damned if we do damned, if we don't yeah. segment controversial topic, cause you can saute it. You can, uh, I don't want to take away from the caddies at all. They they are major. Uh, they have huge impact on on the players. But uh, at the end of the day, I just see them. They they are under the same sphere as coach. They're there as an advisor, and they're there for support. They're far more intimate than a coach. Um, but no, they they are there employed by the player, and they're not competing, which is the thing. Those who compete should be on the podium. Anyone else who's not directly competing, no. So here, the middle ground is mini mini medals, (laughs) mini medals. So I, so I I think we have to also like allude to the fact here. Yeah, I think we also have to think of the point though here for this damn. If you do damn, if you don't segment is does if you would then if the if we were to all agree somehow that yes, the caddies do get a medal. Do those caddies then have to be from the same country? In Canada's sake, we're fine. 
caddies are from Canada, which is quite unique. So is would would that be a factor then? No, because that's his guy. Like if the Dale Trail gets Abe answer to the podium, give him a medal. So would that would that that Canadian citizenship would then get another medal for? No, it's not for the medal count, but he would get a medal. Okay, so that's what we're talking about. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yes, I guess yes, one hundred percent. It shouldn't go to the medal count. Definitely agree with that. But yeah, yeah, you don't give him a medal. Give so give them a medal, but don't count it for the medal count. Need I say more? Yeah, because you're, well, for me, I'm saying many medals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking is... to my guns, man. So, so you're basically giving him a per. Look, you, he gets ten percent of his paycheck on the PGA Tour. Give him a not maybe not one tenth of a medal, but like half size medal. And this is why you know what. And now we're just going to go against the grain here. This is why kids and <laughs> today. Are all just giving get given everything they get. It's no more, per, you know. Everyone just gets a participation ribbon now. Go to mini Olympics then. <laughs> Caddy go to mini Olympics. Yeah. In this case, Dale Trail. How many darts can you smoke during the round? Yeah. We got to <laughs> yeah. speed up. Here. All right, let's move on. And looking back on picks for the Olympics, finally breaking out of the slump, CT Pan saved me with a third place podium finish a bronze medal Hideki was T4 walking Neiman T10 Fleetwood T16 and Campos T57 Jacob came in with a second place finish Morikawa T4 Pereira T4 Smith T10 Corey Connors at 13th and Lahiri at T42 and Jamie Wilson out of character back of the bus for last week's picks. So he will have a chance to come back. We will look ahead at this week's picks, which are back on the PGA tour. And then Jamie Wilson back of the bus out of character this week. He's been hot for quite some time. McElroy was T4. Hovland was T14. Jonathan Vegas was T16. Justin Thomas T22. And Green coming in at T57. Skin of his teeth back of the bus. We look ahead at the WGC event that's coming up. Jacob, how do you feel about it? Well, you know what, gents, I think we all need to just give ourselves a pat on the back here because we had 11 players in the top 16 spots of this. So that's pretty good picking 60 players in the event. We each chose five. We chose 11 players in the top 16. So give yourself a pat on the back. I mean, I'm not going to pump pump us up too much because I think I mentioned it earlier in the show that, uh, a lot of the players aren't even going to be in contention anyway. I know we did pick a couple guys lower down the world ranks, but I think we should have should have our picks up there and we didn't get the gold medalist. So you can be the glass yeah. half full, but I'm 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 on the glass half empty a little bit side there. Ben's Ben's pick outside the top 200 CT pan, the only one who medals. No, he was I got, 100 to 200. Yeah, 100 to 200. Then I I have my Pereira T4 like that. Yeah, your sleepers were good, but I don't think our main guys were anything special. Like they should be. They should be there. We have three T4, three T4s of our top guys, and that's pretty good. Like nobody thought Rob, that uh, what's his name? Sabatini. I was going to say Robert Sabatini for a second there. Wow. All right. It's fine. the wrong. It's we'll, the, it's I'll the pat wrong. Myself Rory. on the back. Yeah, yeah. Funny thought though, eh? If if you saw Rory as the guy who came second in the medals, you would never have got a silver medal. You would have never thought it was Sabatini. 
Oh, Rory McIlroy. Yeah, for sure. He got, yeah, he meddled. Not Rory Sabatini from Slovakia. But, uh, gents, as we look ahead to next week, WGC, FedEx St. Jude, um, Ben, you're at the top. You're picking first this week, and you're a big guy in momentum, and you want to keep this momentum rolling. I got an A-lister, Dustin Johnson, as my main guy, and the Aussie Matt Jones as my sleeper. Jacob, back to you. A well-rested Dustin, you know, I, th- I think that uh, that might help you out this week. So g- great picks. Um, I'm going to go with a couple familiar faces and uh, my Pelt Pod picks this year. Um, I'm going to go back to my boy Jordan Spieth as my main guy and a guy who came clutch for me at the Open Championship as my sleeper, uh, Bobby Mack. James? You know what? I'm calling an audible here. Um, I'm going to go with Daniel Berger as my main guy. He's won this tournament twice before. So uh, I'm I'm going off the board, off the board. My main guy, you know what? I'm feeling it. Um, I'm going with him and my sleeper. I'm going to go with Victor Perez, the Frenchman. So for those that can't see everybody who's listening, Jamie had written in as main guy, Louis, Louis, Big guy of, of second place and third place finishes. I hope he gets it done this week just because you switched off him. I hope he I hope he gets it done. I would never wish that upon you. So I don't know why you would even think about doing that to me, but dark. Well, you, Golf's you a game it. of honor and character, and you're gonna play that card. It's just disrespectful. This isn't golf. This is show business. And you and you ran off Louis Eustace and you had him written down and you went off the board. But you know what? Sometimes it's about gut feeling. Ben's went off gut feeling all year. And look at him. He's in at the top. He picked first this week. So winner's circle, baby. Great things. Great things can happen. Great moments are born from great opportunities. What a way to cap off episode 16. Thanks for listening to Season 2, Episode 6 of The Pelt Pod. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Pelt Pod, we'd love your feedback. and Can't wait to see you next week for Episode 17.